It's Ethan Vaughn here to host another episode of Hear the Spirit presented by Noel Game Day. Today we're going to be going through a instant reaction podcast to Florida State's 27-24 victory over Syracuse today in Tallahassee. The Noles moved to 3-5 and five on the season and picked up their first win in Tallahassee in the process um, as we get into the first weekend of November. Uh, we just want to remind you that this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, as well as SoundCloud, and we'd appreciate it if you'd uh, drop us a good review if you enjoy the product that we're putting out. That being said, we're going to go ahead and get down into it and uh, talk about this game. Uh, like I said, Florida State moves to 3-5 and five on the year, and Syracuse moves to 4-5 and five on the year. Um, this is a Syracuse team that did beat Clemson a couple weeks ago, if you remember that. Um, that game was in Syracuse. But to me, the thing is, is I think people are going to, I don't know, I think people might look at this and kind of say, oh, this is a turning point, or Florida State played drastically better or did something drastically different today. And and compared to, I guess, last week when Florida State was demolished by Boston College, I guess that's a, val- that's a valid point. Yeah, they, they did play a lot better. But to me, nothing's really changed in terms of looking at the Syracuse game and then comparing it to... A Miami game or an NC State game or even a Louisville game they're all very very similar to me and I think that uh, Florida State was was really like th- there were some things some good things that you took from today um, you know Cam Akers really kind of putting it together finally we, we've been waiting and kind of looking at Cam and, and waiting for these long touchdown runs to come because he's been you know shoestrings away from from making these plays a couple times so, so it was definitely, you know, it was there for the taking. And so Cam finally really just put it all together and had that game that Florida State really needed him to have because uh, they wouldn't have won this game had he not performed it the way he did. And so that was, that was a positive. Again, Florida State battling some, some injuries on the offensive line, but the offensive line... Uh, they didn't look horrible today, but they did get Blackman hit a lot. And and this season, Blackman has held the ball too long and got hit. And, and that happened a couple times today, but the offensive line did also allow guys in to hit Blackman in in a manner that today was on them and not on Drew, or on Blackman. So that was that was disconcer- a little bit disconcerting and concerning um, going forward, especially with Clemson coming up and Clemson's defensive line leads the nation in sacks. So if you're looking at that from a Florida State fan perspective, next weekend is uh, is a little concerning uh, when you look at the matchup on paper, that's for sure. But uh, I think today it's kind of unfortunate what you're seeing out of James Blackman today uh, or, or, or so far this year. Uh, today he wasn't bad. You know, he wasn't horrible. He almost had a really bad mistake again at the end of the game with that fumble that he ended up recovering while his knee was on the ground. Um, albeit there was a new center in on that play, uh, Andrew Baselli. So there, there was probably a little bit of unfamiliarity there causing that, but still it looked like the snap was, you know, it wasn't something where the center lost the ball as it was, you know, cause it was, it was in, he, James Blackman was under center. It wasn't something where the center lost the ball before he got it to Blackman's hands. It looked like it hit Blackman's hands and, and kind of popped out, and Florida State was very lucky to recover it and uh, ended up punting on the next play, but which the, that, that you can debate whether or not that was the right decision. So 
just really getting into it, Blackman, it's, it's been kind of unfortunate to see him regress this year. I don't think there's any, there's no argument that he's regressed. I mean, his first game against NC State, he put up 280 yards, albeit it wasn't a great secondary. But some of these other teams he's played since don't have the best secondaries, and he still hasn't looked as good against them. So it's a little bit concerning, and I think part of that's just a product of him being put in a situation that he, quite frankly, has no business being put into. I mean, this is a kid you're talking about. He was a three-star coming out of high school. Everybody kind of identified him as a guy who was going to be a project coming out of high school, someone who's going to take a couple years to get into the swing of things, really adapt to college football, not only not only mentally, which is you know an obvious jump, but also physically in terms of his stature. And he's being put in a situation where he's having to start behind an offensive line that is far from you know fantastic. They haven't been horrible this year, but they're also not great. So he's he's in that position, and you know just a lot is being asked of him to to try and I guess fill a leadership void on this team, and and just step up as the team's quarterback and perform. And he hasn't done a horrible job for a true freshman, but he could definitely have done a little bit better. But it, to me, I, I just he should never be in this situation uh, at a program like Florida State. Uh, that's the bottom line to me. And like we spoke, we spoke about um, Acres' big day: twenty-two rushes for one hundred nine yards. It's an average of nine a carry. He broke off those two long touchdown runs, which which really kind of brings me to my next point. Florida State's offensive uh, offensive game right now is is predicated on big plays. They are simply not good enough, and really nowhere close to good enough to sustain a long drive against anybody. And right now, the only way they're able to score points is chunk these these chunk plays that result in touchdowns so that they're extremely susceptible to being shut down whenever a team is able to stop them from you know you know honestly if you're playing defense against Florida State you kind of just have to you you play to prevent big plays and make them drive down the field and there's a pretty good chance that they aren't able to because 21 of their 27 points today came on touchdowns of 40 or, or uh, 50 yards or longer, I believe, because I, I think the touchdown pass to Nooney was 51. Cam Akers' first touchdown run was 54, and the second was 63. So nothing under 50 yards scored a touchdown for Florida State today. Um, that's a pretty big just indicator of where Florida State's at offensively. They're just not near good enough to sustain a long drive right now, and uh, they're pretty much relying solely on big plays, which is kind of... Um, it's not a recipe for being successful on that side of the ball. There's just no no way around that. Um, again, it was kind of encouraging to see Nooney. I guess he had the big touchdown, um, only three receptions on the day, which wasn't great. Three receptions for 60 yards, 51 of them came on one play. So not great, but good to see that. Um, get into it. Uh, Ricky Aguayo, uh, again, he was two for two, three made extra points. Made a 49-yard field goal, so that that's good for him to see him kind of rebound from his earlier struggles this year and kind of the struggles at the end of last year. And he's having a really good kicking year, quietly on a, um, you know, on a on, on a low-key level, he's having a good kicking year, which is good to see going forward for the program. Um, another point to hit: DJ Matthews returned punts today. He muffed one. He. Honestly, the thing that, that drives me crazy is that he, he looks more natural than Tavares McFadden did. Um, he muffed the one. He, he was trying to do too much. Um, it wasn't a... It, I don't know. 
it wasn't like a, a, a stupid decision where he let it bounce into him or something. He he was he should have called a fair catch. He was trying to back up and catch the punt, and and, and he and he he muffed it, and it was a bad decision. There's no way around that. But to me, at least, you're trying to do something when you make that decision, which you know you can say whatever you want about that. It was a bad decision, but uh, he he did look pretty natural when he was doing it. He made some tough catches on the day, and he also had one nice kick return, probably I don't know, 12, 13 yards on the kick, on the punt return, which is which is more than Florida State's gotten all year on a consistent basis. So that was positive. And to me, I guess the biggest thing about this game that really just kind of made it to where Florida State hadn't really improved any in my, in my point of view. And the thing about making a statement like that is I don't think this team is as bad as their record shows, but I also don't think they're a team that's as good as they should be relative to the talent that they have on their uh, on their roster. And and this is a team that at Florida State with this kind of talent should be in the playoff hunt, and it stood. Here they are sitting at three and five. You can are you know like and like I said, they probably should have a couple more wins than that, but they just haven't closed out games. And that ultimately falls on the players and the coaches. But to me, the biggest thing that I see is that today, Florida State played pretty much the same way they have all year. The defense is pretty good at times, but then, you know, they they had the coverage bust, which happens far too frequently and has ever since Charles Kelly took over. Um, that the, the coverage bust that cost them a seven points. That and the thing about those coverage busts is you're not making a team work for those points. It's just a you know it's an easy high percentage throw and catch long touchdown. You're not having to work, not having to drive down the field, not giving them more chances to fail, not giving yourself more chances to like create a turnover or something of that nature. So that you know it's just it can't happen if you want to be a national championship caliber team. And so that that's pretty inexcusable. And then also down the stretch. Something about Charles Kelly and his play calling down the stretch, he just he flat out doesn't get it. He's he's not he's not capable of calling a defense that is successful down the stretch. He tried his hardest to give up that game today. Syracuse had a 14-play drive to score the touchdown to make it 27-24 and then got the ball back and drove down the field again and got within field goal range easily. And, and so it's just, I don't think much changed. Florida State just got lucky today in the way that they they missed the field goal at the end, ultimately. And just the fact that they were able to hit on some chunk plays allowed them to win this game. I don't think they're considerably better than they were, or I don't think this changes the outlook for this season, really. And I, 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 I still am all the way behind full wholesale coaching changes. And I just... I think that this was kind of status quo for the season. Florida State was uh, was lucky to get out of there with a, a victory today. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to hate or I'm not trying to diminish the accomplishment of the team getting the win, but I, I just don't see a huge difference between the way that Florida State played today and the way that they've played all season. Now, you can look at that and say, well, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world, I guess, because they put themselves in positions to win games against a top 10 team now in Miami, uh, a team like NC State, and, and and they did. But they didn't make those plays. And today, they didn't make those plays either. They were just lucky that the NC State team, or the, not that, excuse me, um, the Syracuse team 
missed the kick at the end and ultimately allowed them to win the game. And not only that, Syracuse, um, they had the uh, their starting quarterback went out for a couple series. Dungy is was what make that makes that team go. So that was a big a big issue for them. I think his injury kind of kept them going from going as high tempo as they wanted to. So that was another break that that Florida State caught. Um, and, and then on the fourth down, I, I I still can't get over um, the the decision for. Jimbo to punt the ball on the on Florida State's last possession. I I can kind of see both sides of this argument, and people out there will say that that no matter what he should have went for it. Now I thought I originally uh, we were talking in in real time me and uh, the rest of the Noel Game Day crew, and my first thought was you know punt this ball, trust your defense. But that was kind of like my football instincts taking over, and and people out there say that it's the wrong math. But ultimately, I think that at Florida State, you should be able to trust your defense. Um, if you, if you pin the opposing team inside the, you know, inside the twenty yard line, which you should certainly do when you have the ball inside the inside plus territory, I, I think you should be able to have faith in your defense to keep a team from driving down the field and and kicking a field goal. But before, you know, NC State, or, or excuse me, again, I'm watching the NC State game, so I keep saying NC State, but um, Syracuse even snapped the play. I said, never mind. I, I, I can't say that with any kind of conviction. I think they need to go for it because it's Charles Kelly's defense. And when is the last time his defense successfully shut down an opponent in the fourth quarter and got a stop when they needed to? It's been a while. And... and and even you know, and there there'll be certain instances where you can point to where they have. Um, maybe you can say the Michigan game last year. That's that's an example. But the overwhelming majority of the times his defenses have been put in situations like those, they failed. And, and to me, what that shows is because those results have come when when there's entirely different groups of personnel. And, and to me, that shows that it's a coaching issue. He he just flat out doesn't have what it takes to successfully get a defense to get off the field when they need to. And that that's a that I mean it's a it shows up bigger in the fourth quarter, but it's something that's prevalent throughout the whole game. I mean you you should this the amount of times that teams convert on third and long against Florida State is downright absurd. It, it is it's like Jameis Winston is playing quarterback for every single one of the of the teams that that plays Florida State. It's ridiculous. Uh, he play his his receivers play with his receivers play with um, just horrible leverage and horrible positioning on third and long, and um, it's ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure I just said receivers there. I meant uh, cornerbacks. So uh, forgive me, bear with me. It's been a long day sitting out in the sun watching the game, but uh, his cornerbacks just the positioning's horrible. Uh, they're giving cushions of eight, nine yards on third and three. If that receiver runs a, a slant route, it's an easy first down, and all it is is a simple pitch and catch from quarterback to wide receiver. So it, it's just it's maddening, and I don't know how. I'm just not quite sure how it, it continues to happen at a program like Florida State, and with a coach who prides himself on kind of being a perfectionist and and, and really making the small things. Uh, a focus and making the small things matter in games. I just don't understand how it continues to happen. It's it's pretty mind-boggling to me. Um, 
I think Florida State's outlook is going to be a whole lot better once there's a, a different person calling the defensive plays for Florida State. So um, I just I guess you bear with it for this year, but it's uh, it's just I I don't blame the players for kind of questioning or, or maybe not believing in this defensive coaching staff as much as possible, just because I mean when you're asked to play. Nine yards, ten yards off, eight, nine, ten yards off on on a third and three. Like, how can you get behind that? When you're sitting here thinking, I mean, anybody who knows an ounce of football knows that that's just it's asinine. And it and I mean, we can go on like this all day. Changes need to be made. To me, the bottom line is that Florida State didn't really improve a whole lot, or or this this kind of result. This win against Syracuse didn't improve, didn't show improvement, and it doesn't really change the outlook for the season. It's, the changes still need to be made. That shouldn't, this shouldn't detract from that. And and, and so I, I think that's really all I have to say about the game. Other than uh, uh, I will say this one thing. I think or everybody, it's pretty common knowledge, um, but and it makes sense. As soon as Florida State won this game, uh, the ULM game is going to be played now. I, I'm 99% sure of it. Just from a math standpoint, now because this is because Florida State has three wins now. If they beat Florida, that's the fourth win. If they beat Delaware State, that's a fifth win. And if they beat ULM, that's a sixth win. They'll be bowl eligible at six and six, assuming a loss to Clemson. So that game's going to be played now. I'm pretty sure. And and Florida State, I guess, still has a or not. I guess they they have a decent shot at bowl eligibility right now. It seems to me the only thing would be Florida, and. Um, I can't. I have no idea what that game's gonna look like. Um, I don't know. So, with that being said, I think we'll just sign off here. Um, Florida State got the win today. It's good. Um, team, I guess, got lucky. Didn't really close out the game like they should have. But a win's a win. You'll take it. it, it this team can build on it as they're going forward, hopefully, and going into uh, this game against Clemson this upcoming week. So we'll be back again, probably uh, release Wednesday or Thursday. We'll get the information out on social media with the uh, preview of the uh, Clemson matchup with uh, my fellow uh, Hear the Spear co-host, Ryan Stalder, and a uh, special guest. So um, just want to remind you again that this podcast can be found on Google Play, uh, Apple iTunes, or SoundCloud. And if you like the product, go ahead and give us a uh, five-star review. We appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Uh, Signing off until next week, this is Ethan Vaughn.